it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll right get now, through the it. COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, your host, and uh, we've got a great show in store. Coming up uh, in the third half of our three-hour tour, uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, Robert Brooks, a Harvard Medical School professor, teamed up with pediatric neuropsychologist Sam Goldstein to write a, uh, a book called uh, Tenacity in Children, Nurturing the Seven Instincts for Lifetime Success. I'm uh, <laughs> not officially a child anymore, but I could probably benefit from some of those tips. Um, coming up in the uh, middle of our three-hour tour, uh, in the second hour, we're going to talk with um, an expert on uh, immigration. Uh, she is uh, founder of Goss Associates and a prominent immigration attorney who is nationally recognized for her work to obtain visas for immigrants. And she's going to talk about some of the uh, immigration bills that are going on. And uh, her name is Elizabeth Goss. We'll be uh, joining her by phone coming up in a little while but um in one of those moments where i uh, <laughs> where i say welcome to live radio um i got a call just before i went on the air from uh 
the people that work with my uh, scheduled guests this hour, I had originally posted on Facebook that I would be talking with criminal defense attorney Randall Levine, who uh, is a managing I'm not sure if it's Levine, Levine, uh, but he's managing partner of Levine and Levine Attorneys at Law and Kalamazoo, and he represents Rich Baird, who was uh, former Governor Rick Snyder's point man on the uh, Flint water crisis, and he was going to be, uh, we were going to be talking a little bit about some of the uh, recent wranglings to uh, figure out what court, what jurisdiction, and all of that sort of stuff, and have him sorted out, at least from the defense perspective, but I got a call right before I went on the air that he wasn't available, and so we're going to have to uh, reschedule and uh, pardon my post um, as we uh, instead, you know, it'd be fun, and I would I would love to be able to just open up the phone lines. It's uh, 810-339-8255. And we could just talk about whatever you want to talk about. But um, <laughs> rather than have me sit here uh, with uh, dead time, instead coming up in uh, just a couple of minutes, I'm going to talk with uh, Dr. Randall Bell. Uh, this is a pre-recorded interview, but one that was done very recently and... Um, hasn't aired yet so it I, I think uh, Dr. Bell makes a uh, a great stand-in uh, for this uh, for this first hour of the uh, show he has uh, often been called the master of disaster um, he has a uh, book called post-traumatic thriving and uh, it's kind of interesting the art science and stories of resilience and he has some case studies about people who've suffered from floods and hurricanes and um, all kinds of other uh, tragedies that would stop most of us in our tracks but he talks about how you know people go through the dive and then they go into a, a mo mode of surviving and then ultimately into thriving. So we're going to talk about that with uh, Dr. Randall Bell coming up in just a moment. Tomorrow on the show, Chuck uh, Collins from the Institute for Policy Studies is a frequent guest on the show. He will be back to talk about uh, um, wealth inequality. That's, that's kind of his uh, wheelhouse, if you will. And um, some interesting things that are that are going on with regard to uh, changing tax code and that sort of thing. Um, and we'll be talking with Chuck. And then, of course, tomorrow is Wednesday, which means Armchair Politics Day for the second and third hour for two hours of commentary and analysis about local, state, national news, current events. And mostly we stay focused on politics. We're not going to spend the two hours talking about the the shooting in Colorado or or the one in Atlanta we're going to we're going to talk about politics and what's going on with uh, the world of politics and there always is something going on anyway we'll have our roundtable regulars Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right and they will be joined by uh, a uh, frequent guest um, 
Politico Emeritus is how I refer to him because he's held so many different political positions. But uh, Woodrow Stanley will be joining the roundtable tomorrow, so it should be a good one. Be sure and tune in for that, and be sure and stay tuned for my conversation with Dr. Randall Bell, which is uh, pretty much straight ahead. So don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. We're just getting started, folks. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, my guest this hour is an economist who has uh, often been called the master of disaster. He has a uh, new book. It's called Post-Traumatic Thriving, The Art, Science, and Stories of Resilience. His name is Dr. Randall Bell, and he joins me by phone. Randall, welcome to the show. Tom, it's great to be here. Thank you. Um, how did you end up being called the master of disaster? Well, it was an L.A. Times article that profiled my career. They, they came up with the name, and I at first I didn't like it, but then I thought, you know what, roll with it. And so I give speeches to high school kids and, you know, colleges, and, and uh, you know, I hand out massive disaster baseball caps, and I just have fun with it now. But you're a um, an economist. Why would you be drawn to places that were having economic meltdowns and adversity yeah tom i yeah basically what it is is i I specialize in damaged real estate so like for example right Uh now i'm working on hurricane harvey with thirty thousand homes that were flooded Uh, i worked on the world trade center i worked on the flight 93 crash site uh oj simpson case john benet ramsey case with crime scene stigma issues uh nuclear test sites i've done hundreds of these cases all over the world uh, and what I do is I measure what in, in uh, the courtroom is called diminution in value, which basically means the loss in value from these disasters. So you're trying to ascertain what it's going to take to put it right. Yeah, basically to make people whole, you know, after the flood or after the after the explosion or whatever the disaster is. That's exactly right. It's for insurance claims or legal claims. How do you do that with total destruction? Well, I wrote a, another book, which I don't recommend because it's so boring, but it's about 500 <laughs> pages. It's about 500 pages on how to compute it. But basically, you look at the costs of repair, the loss of use, and then the risk, which a lot of people call stigma. Um, and you add it up, and, the, and you have a damage. So, I mean, I, I just saved you reading a 500-page book, but, but basically that's the is, issue. But... What, what got me interested in, in post-traumatic thriving is I was meeting the people behind the statistics. You know, people that had their homes smashed by uh, Hurricane Harvey or lost their, their, their entire village in the nuclear weapons test sites on the Bikini Atoll. Um, and I started, you know, talking to these people and, and realizing that, hey, I have this unique access to, you know, behind the scenes on, on uh, disaster sites all over the world. And I wanted to give these people something more than just a pat on the back and, hey, I'm really sorry that, you know, life uh, stinks right now. And, and I started, started working on this book about 10 years ago. And, and I don't know, that strikes me funny because you summed up that 500 words so well. I was thinking of starting uh, Randall's Digest. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. 
trust me, it's a boring book. But <laughs> it's not. It's really not that hard uh, to compute this stuff once you kind of figure it out. But but the people, the people behind the statistics are are, are complicated. That's a more interesting topic in my mind, at least. Well, yeah, you talk, um, and we'll get into a couple of specifics here in in a moment, but um, you started this book 10 years ago. Did you know 10 years ago you were writing a book, or was it 10 years ago you started compiling stuff that ended up in the book that you eventually wrote? You know, Tom, that's a great question, because it it was was a conscientious effort to write a book, but but in writing the book, it wasn't like I had all the answers. I kind of you know, dug in, you know, doing the research academically. I, I read, you know, numerous other books on trauma, but frankly, they're kind of, uh, you know, they're kind of textbooks or academic. They're hard to understand. And then I started talking to the people behind the statistics, um, getting their stories. And I, you know, in the courtroom, you can't go in and, you know, confuse everyone. You got you to gotta synthesize the information and make sense with it. So I tried to kind of translate all the academic literature out there into something that was accessible and easy to read and then intermix it with stories of real people who have overcome trauma and uh and that's you know that took a lot of work like i say it took 10 years of work to to accomplish it i had no idea there would be covid you know yeah. come out <laughs> around covid and uh so the timing happened to be interesting but um yeah that, that was the basic uh, process well, it is interesting because there are a lot of people that are experiencing loss now, but it's a little a little more abstract than a hurricane or an earthquake or a bombing. Yeah, it is. But, you know, trauma is trauma. I mean, we can be trauma. I, I, I talk openly in the book that I was traumatized as a kid because when I was 11, I had open heart surgery um, and COVID's a trauma. And, you know, being the having someone in your family murdered or, you know, the victim of a crime is trauma. It's all trauma. So in terms of, you know, effectively dealing with it and healing from it is basically the process, the same process for all of us. You said trauma is trauma. Is loss loss? Is there, is there something common to all of the cases that you explore in the book? There basically is, is, and it's really in, the traumas differ. I mean, but but it affects us physiologically the same in terms of our brain chemistry. Right in chapter one, I get into explaining the the physiological effects of trauma and what it does to our nervous system. And it's whether it's an acute trauma or a chronic trauma, it it, it affects the wiring of our nervous system the same. And so healing from it is also the same. There's two key principles. One is to talk about it. Don't bottle it in inside. You know, you know, my kids played baseball when they're little and they, you know, get beamed with a ball or something. I'd say, you know, suck it up, buttercup. That was exactly the wrong thing to say. You know, you need to, you don't want to stuff your feelings down. Uh, You want to talk about it. And the other thing are to learn some breathing exercises. It sounds too simple, but it literally uh, reverses the brain chemistry that causes the trauma. So um, no matter what kind of trauma you got, uh, the, the solutions are, are basically the same. More with economist and author Dr. Randall Bell. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs>
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with economist and author Dr. Randall Bell, straight ahead. Now, as an economist, this is a pretty specialized field. Are there a lot of, is there a lot of specialization uh, among economists, or are you the outlier? Well, I think I'm an outlier. <laughs> I'm an outlier, I think, in a lot of ways. But, uh, but no, yeah, most economists specialize. And, and also, I went back to school and earned a PhD in uh, sociology, um, which has a, a good dose of uh, psychology in there, too. So I'm basically now a socioeconomist. And yes, what I do, and a lot of, a lot of my colleagues do, is we specialize in you know, specific areas, just like a medical doctor has, you know, a lot of times has specialties. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not a generalist. I'm a specialist. But yet, as a uh, socioeconomist, are you concerned that as as people are being made whole, whether it's, um, you know, replacing property lost in a flood or a hurricane, um, the the stimulus money that's been rolling out of Washington uh, to deal with the pandemic. Are you concerned about the long-range implications to the economy? Well, sure I am. I mean, that's kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, on a personal note, uh, uh, you know, we have so much debt already in this uh, in this country, and pretty more money is not, <laughs> not this is not a really great idea. But, you know, uh, on the other hand, the, the country has been hammered with COVID. And I personally got COVID in January, and it was nasty. I mean, it was really bad. So some people, you know, avoid it altogether. Some people have a <laughs> light symptoms, but but there's a need. There is a need to do something in terms of the government. There's no question of that either. I, I'm snickering a little because I got you to say it. All economists, at one point or another, will say, um, "Well, on the one hand, but on the other hand." <laughs> <laughs> you got me, Tom. <laughs> I, I did. I, I caught you with the classic uh, economist uh, uh, base covering. Um, yeah. but, but let's, let's talk about the book. Um, obviously you've, you've been there and talked to people, um, who are very often at the worst place in their lives. Yeah. Um, what about that made you think, geez, I got to share this with everybody. Well, I mean, the book, I mean, the feedback I'm getting on the book is pretty terrific. It's full of wisdom, but I want to be the first to say it's not, I'm not that smart. It's not my wisdom. But these people were willing to open up and share their stories, uh, and I documented them. And, you know, the, the fact, I, I, I'll go out on a limb here and say, in my mind, the biggest problem facing humanity, the entire world, is unprocessed trauma, particularly childhood trauma. And if we can learn how to deal with this ugly stuff more effectively and help people heal from traumas, uh, you know, we're going to have a better world. And at a minimum, as individuals, we're going to have a better, you know, world. So, so it's a really critically important topic because it's, it's pretty shocking just how much trauma that's unresolved is out there. And there are really effective, smart ways to deal with it 
And yet a lot of people mask the pain with alcohol and drugs and, you know, any kind of uh, number of addictions. And that's not healthy. That's not really taking us to, to where we really want to be. In your book, you uh, point to some people who, um, who actually thrived in the wake of, of disaster. Um, did you just sort of stumble onto some of those uh, victory stories? Well, you could say stumbled or, you know, um, luck or, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, it wasn't – I was very fortunate. To, I mean, you didn't go out looking for them. No, I didn't. Because in my career, I'm going around to disaster sites, you know, daily. So, uh, that I, I, as I say, I had this unique access. But in the book, I divide it into three sections, dive, survive, and thrive. And I met people in the kind of the dive stage where, where their home was blown apart, their community was blown apart, or their life was blown apart with some kind of crime. Uh, and then, and then I, I got to know the people, became friends with a lot of them, and kind of followed their journey. And now they're doing absolutely remarkable things that they weren't doing even before the trauma. That's why it's titled Post-Traumatic Thriving, because there is a process to you know, take it to a whole new level uh, basically tapping into the energy of the, of the trauma. Trauma has a lot of energy. And if we can tap into it properly, we can do some really remarkable things. Now, you talked about um, a deaf man with a glass eye who invented the electric guitar and became a household name. Remarkably yeah. wealthy and, most importantly, happy. Um, First of all, I'm dying to know who it was. Well, the name is that you've probably heard of him, Leo Fender. He invented the electric guitar. Absolutely. And yeah, Leo Fender lived two streets from me. And I grew up in Fullerton, California. My mom still lives there. And uh, Mrs. Fender and I uh, worked on a book together to talk about Leo Fender. But, but yeah, Leo Fender had childhood trauma. Uh, he, he had his eye taken out. As a kid, he fell on a picket fence when he was uh, uh, around eight or nine years old. And then uh, he, he was working on an amplifier, and he blew out his hearing. Uh, and it didn't stop him. He, he channeled his energy into invention. And uh, very down-to-earth guy. Um, my dad worked at Fender. Fender. The Fender plant was right down the street. And, uh, and a really remarkable life. He, his anniversary of his death was just yesterday. And uh, people really honor him because he did so much good in spite of his uh, handicaps. Well, you go out to see, um, you know, a band play uh, almost anywhere, anytime, and it, you're going to see a Fender on that stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I did a study um, I, with um, Guitar Magazine. They had the top 100 guitarists in the world. And I have pictures of, I think, 94 of them playing a Fender on stage. I'm not saying they, you know, Leo was friends with, with uh, Gibson. <laughs> they weren't enemies. Um, they helped, and that's part of the, the strategy for success, is look for ways to collaborate with uh, even your competitors. Uh, but Leo was, uh, he had $300 million in today's money deposited into his account when he was living in a mobile home. And guess where he moved? To another mobile home. 
He didn't move. Close enough. Close enough. He was happy where he was, you know, and that's that's kind of the key is uh, money's not going to make you happy. Uh, but the state of mind and our mental, you know, our mental health is what's going to make us happy. And, and Leo applied, you know, it kind of intuitively the principles that are in the book. And and that's what I wanted to talk about. In order to come up with the principles that are in the book, you looked at some of these different people and how they responded in, in you know, going through this dive stage, survive stage, and thrive stage. The ones that that make it to the thrive stage and some of the ones that you've drawn attention to in the book, was there something that they all had in common faith in God or self-determination or, you know, was there, there's something that always seemed to be there if someone was going to survive and ultimately thrive after a major disaster? Basically, yes, there are some core elements. Uh, you mentioned faith in God. There's a, there's a whole chapter on that. And that is, that is not only do I personally believe that's a smart, you know, uh, healthy way to go in life, but there's academic literature uh, that supports the correlation between uh, faith and uh, success. But, you know, that, that being said, and this is the economist, economist being flip-flopping, there, there's a couple of examples of atheists or agnostics who have done the same thing. But but on a whole... So what uh, you're really saying, Randall, is that on the other hand... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there are exceptions. There's exceptions sure. to every rule, of including course. this one. But that being said, uh, if I were to take a, a bet, I would, I would uh, you know, you're better off having faith. There's no question of that statistically. But you know, there's some exceptions, so I want to be fair. Um, but yeah, there's that, and then also. But is know, it, is there what? something else, Randall? Maybe maybe some sort of uh, self determination, or or some kind of a light bulb goes out goes off, and and it's um, present in a lot of people because they have faith, um, and and in others they have it with or without faith. Yeah, there's a conscientious decision. I say in the book, I have this one line, it basically says the problem is not the problem. The problem is what you do with the problem. In other words, the problem isn't that, hey, I had a glass eye or I had open heart surgery as a child or my house flooded. That's, that's one problem. But the real problem is how are you going to react to it? How are, are you going to look at it as undefeated and give up? Or are you going to do what the people in the book did and make a conscientious effort? a conscientious choice to take that energy and, and really run with it and do something phenomenal. It's, it's a, it's a literally a choice. One of the stories in the book is Jerry Jewell. I went to high school with Jerry. She was a star, the first disabled person in the world to ever have a, a starring role on TV. She was in facts of life, that TV show. And oh yeah. Jerry, yeah. I remember her. Yeah. And I love Jerry and I see her all the time. And I'll tell you, I talked to her about this at length, and she made a choice as a kid that she could either be hidden away from public with her dis disability, or she could go for it, and she conscientiously chose to go for it. Not everybody does that, but the thrivers do. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's a that's a great example, and and there are several others, and 
And what I find really interesting is the examples that you set all have completely different challenges. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you another one. I, I'm a volunteer in San Quentin prison. I meet with the victims and the offenders of horrible crimes. You name it, I've, I've talked to the people. And there's a guy in San Quentin prison. He was in for murder. After 22 years, he is paroled. I just attended his college graduation. And let me tell you something, Tom. He graduated with honors. <laughs> I, I didn't graduate with honors. And now he's on his way for a Ph.D., so the principles that are in this book are anecdotal, you know, fluff, you know, things. They really work um, on, on all kinds of levels. And you outline a, a step-by-step process toward healing. Um, is, is that something that has to happen before you can thrive? Yeah, it really is. I, the first chapter in the book, you know, is uh, shock. You got to go back and really kind of re-experience the shock. And then the anger It's totally fine to be angry at yourself or at others uh, with, with trauma uh, or even being angry with God. That's, uh, you know, whatever your, wherever your anger goes is fine as long as you don't hurt yourself or hurt others. And then there's the denial stage and you bargain you know, you bargain with the police, you bargain with uh, God, you bargain with your neighbors, whoever. Um, and, and normally you kind of land on a spot of depression where you're just, you, you know, you're, you feel defeated. And then you, and I tell people, don't skip the chapters. You got to really experience or re-experience each of these stages and then work your way up the ladder. Uh, we'll get to the fun, happy stuff and the techniques that work towards the end of the book. But you first have to really kind of experience that trauma and not dodge the pain. You've got to face the pain. You know, when trauma hits, uh, physiologically, there's fight, flight, or freeze. And towards the end of the book, I introduce that you face it, that you face the trauma. Uh, and the idea is not to forget the trauma, but to let it go through your mind so it doesn't re-trigger you and make you, you know, re-enter those anger, you know, uh, tough stages. That, that's the whole objective. How did you first get started uh, working with um, with disasters? Was it something that happened, um, some kind of coincidence, or 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 did you pick that area to specialize in? Well, Tom, that's taken me back about 30, 35 years. And at, at the time I was doing, you know, standard real estate stuff, I had a broker's license and an appraisal license. And I was looking into law school and I got into law school. And no kidding, the day before law school started, I thought, you know, I don't, I don't know that this is for me. And I had this idea, what if I take my skill set, what creates value in real estate and turn it upside down? And, you know, I'm from Cal- Southern California, so I was thinking – things like landslides and earthquakes and wildfires. Sure. Uh, and so I went into that. I decided to go into that as a specialty. I called on my clients, and little did I know that O.J. OJ Simpson case was in my future and all these other things, Heaven's Gate Mansion. Um, I had no idea that it would become so interesting and, and so far-reaching. 
but it was kind of an accident, kind of an accident that I got into it. And then it was kind of, I don't know if you want to call it luck, but it was kind of, it, it just kind of happened. Well, that's, I was curious about that. Had you, had you become an attorney, it might've been, you know, somebody walking into your office saying, you know, I've been devastated. I need to sue the insurance company or, you know, I, I, I just wondered what the, uh, you know, what the chain of events that led to it, because it is, you know, an unusual specialty. How did O.J. Simpson factor into this? Well, I, I made this decision to get into disasters, and, <coughs> excuse me, the, the Brown family lives, uh, you know, a couple, uh, it's a couple blocks from me, and uh, some mutual friends introduced me to uh, Lou Brown, and he had emotion, you know, he he had lost his daughter, so there's a lot of emotion. But he, he also had practical issues, and I told him I'd help him with the uh, the Bundy crime scene, which I did, and I issued a report. But then I got to know Lou, I got to know his family, and uh, and that led to some very interesting conversations. In fact, Tanya Brown is one of the stories in the book, the sister of uh, yeah of Nicole. So uh, and she's got a fascinating story that nobody really knows about. Um, at least I didn't. But now um, you just mentioned um, in passing the Bundy crime scene. Yeah, yeah, I worked on that. Okay. Yeah, I, I just didn't know how was, it related to the to the other, or 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 did it in some way. Well, yeah, because the thing is, is that Lou thought that because the the condo where Nicole was murdered, he he thought it might be worth more because he wanted to put it on the market. And I had the delicate oh. task of explaining to Lou, hey, uh, just because it's famous doesn't mean it's worth more. We're going to have to discount it. And I computed the discount for the crime scene stigma, and, and uh, he was successful in selling it and kind of moving through that, you know, practical issue he was dealing with. I see. Interesting. And and the Bundy crime scene was a, a an example that you were able to use. Yeah, yeah, I've used that him. as a case study for for years. Sure. Well, this is this is fascinating. I I see now how you got the nickname uh, Master of Disaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, and, when well, when does I, I think it? My life is my life is weird. I, I was on vacation with my family in Hawaii, and I got a couple calls from real estate people in Boulder, Colorado, and they asked me to consult on John A. Ramsey. And, oh, you know, it just, yeah. I mean, it just keeps coming. And, and, uh, and as I say, I, I've been very privileged to have access and I wanted to share the stories with everyone. And, and more importantly than the stories, what can we learn to make, you know, life of life better for us all? Well, yeah. How can we apply, you know, people that have survived these things and and eventually thrived in the wake of these things, um, and and apply them to situations that happen in our own lives. When when did the the book or when does the book officially come out? It's officially out now. This is okay. Tom. This is not a money making venture for me. I I have got you know it's on Kindle for seventy five cents. Um, and, and, uh, the book's out on Amazon and everywhere, but I just want to, for whoever's interested, I just feel a responsibility to share these stories, share this research, whoever, you know, needs some help with uh, healing from trauma. Well, I, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's phenomenal. Um, 
The book is called Post-Traumatic Thriving, The Art, Science, and Stories of Resilience. Are people mostly resilient, do you think? You know, I, I don't know the statistics. Some people are defeated in their trauma, and I don't say that to be judgmental because I have not been through what they've been through. A lot of people reclaim their lives. They survive, and I think that's very admirable, something that they should be proud of. But my focus has been on the thrivers. I don't know what percentage, but it's a lot. A lot of people really, the trauma almost kind of wakes them up, and uh, they get energized. And then they might have been a little complacent and taking life for granted, you know, before the trauma, but the trauma gives them a slap in the face and they wake up. And that's the segment of society I'm interested in. Well, Randall, as as I do with all my guests, uh, as we get close to the uh, end of our time together, I always want them to give listeners an opportunity to find out where they can learn more about what we've been talking about and, and about the book and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? I do, and it's easy. It's drbell.com. Uh, you can either spell it doctor, spell it out, or drbell. Uh, but drbell.com, I've got some information there about the book and, and my career and so forth. Um, and then the book is everywhere. It's on Amazon, any bookstore. Just ask for post-traumatic thriving. And uh, I love feedback. Uh, my email, I think, is on drbell.com. And if, I love it when people read the book and then tell me their story. Uh, and, of course, let me know nice. if I have permission to, to share it or not. Um, I respect, you know, people's uh, stories and the right to keep it quiet if that's their preference. But I, I love the conversation because as we talk about this topic, we heal. And that's what it's all about. Well, I, I think it's... Uh a worthy endeavor um, and, and well worth the 10 years. Well, thank you, Tom. <laughs> I appreciate very much you, you letting me share my story with your, your broad audience. I, I, I greatly appreciate it. Well, um, thanks for spending time with me this morning. I appreciate it, and uh, keep up the good work. You too, Tom. Thank you so much. Take care. Again, that was Dr. Randall Bell. He is... Uh, often called the master of disaster. His book is called Post-Traumatic Thriving, The Art, Science, and Stories of Resilience. And we'll, or resilience, rather, and we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight <laughs> Generation Tom Sumner Program dot com The Tom Sumner Program dot com The Tom Sumner Program dot com I know of a place where you never get harmed a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. 
TheTomSumnerProgram.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. This presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. One, two, three, four, five. Again now the boat ashore Hallelujah I go row the boat ashore keep it rolling Hallelujah Everybody hum Wait a second Dicky Dick we we hum it this I want to go back to the start and take it one more time from the top what? Michael row the boat ashore I just like everybody to join in this time Okay one more time Okay right. gang in a world torn asunder by strife and by unhappiness, what sound in the world enters into our heart and brings love and brotherhood, but the sound of people's voices joining together and singing. So let's roof the rafters, people. Let's fill this room with the most joyous sound known to man. People. People singing. For in the ether of the air, in the great sky of, of, the, of the faraway land, Fill the sky, the musical sky, with voices intertwining themselves in a giant choral arrangement like colors in your mind and lines going up and down as the voices of people join together. So friends, let's fill this room with love. Let's fill this room with music and song. For people driving by, maybe outside, they'll be in their car and we'll be in here singing, they'll be driving by and, and as they drive by they'll probably say, what the hell's going on? Let's sing out now, friends. Michael, row the boat ashore. Sing out. Hallelujah. Michael, row the boat ashore. Hallelujah. Everybody. Wait a second, that guy wasn't singing there. <laughs> Which guy? The, girl, the guy with the, the girl with the blonde hair. You the weren't singing that, very the, well there. Would you join in with us and fill it? You will? You will? You'll sing with us now, huh? Go ahead. <laughs> Here we go, gang. Michael Rowe, the boat ashore. Michael, 
row that boat ashore. Come on, Mike. Everybody sing now. Maybe even Ralph will hear, <laughs> hear us also. So, gang, let's all hum with our mouths open this time and get Tommy, a little more volume. That's a nice idea. Really, that's a great idea. But you so, cannot hum with your mouth open. Yes, you do. All you you have don't to... ask anybody to hum with their mouth open. Yes, all you have you to can't do... do that. You so... Listen, if you tried to hum with your mouth open, you could hurt yourself. That's too bad. Yeah. So he is. I'll tell you what, if you want more volume, why don't you ask everybody to awe? I mean, not just a regular awe, but like this. Awe. See? It's louder, it's easy to do, and if you ask everybody in this entire room to awe together in unison to Michael, you will experience a thrilling, exciting, vibrant, it'll be a, a vibrant experience. Tremendous. Let's all open up our hummers now and all all together, okay? Everybody except you. You hum with your mouth open. another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
But your thoughts will soon be wandering The way they always do When you're riding 16 hours And there's nothing much to do You don't feel much like riding Just wish the trip were through See, here I am On the road again There I am Upon the stage Here I go Playing a sad game There I go Turn the page Well, you walked into the restaurant Strung out from the road And you feel the eyes upon you As you're shaking off the cold You pretend it doesn't bother you But you just want to explode Most times you can't hear them talk Other times you can't All the same old cliches Is that a woman or a man? You always seem outnumbered You don't dare make a stand Well, here I am On the road again There I am Up on the stage Here I go Playing the song again There I go Turn the page Out there in the spotlight You're a million miles away Every ounce of energy Try to give away As the sweat pours out your body Like the music that you play Later in the evening As you lie awake in bed With the echoes of the amp The fire's ringing in your head You smoke the day's last cigarette Remembering what she said Ah, oh, here I am You pilots, get off of my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here! It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on, 
Come on, get out of here. <laughs>